This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Welcome back. And we are now going to turn to another important issue affecting your health. This past June, the life-saving drug naloxone became available at no cost to patients through their Ontario pharmacy. I'm here with Dean Miller, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, to talk about naloxone, what it is, who needs it, and why it's getting all kinds of attention. And of course, Dean, as always, is happy to take your calls and questions about other things too. Welcome, Dean. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Libby. Okay, so what is naloxone? Well, you know, it, it just, uh, you know, the, the status of it changed this June, but it's been around for 40 years. And it's always been there to prevent and, and stop in its tracks, uh, you know, somebody that's actually been on an opioid like morphine and, and, and codeine and drugs like that, that sort of are in that same family. And, it, you know, it's always been used on an emergency basis, but it's always been sort of, you know, available through a physician or in a hospital or in an emergency situation by a paramedic. So the big shift this year was that uh, because of, you know, the amount of, of – uh, and, and the drug that really brought it, uh, you know, to, to light and, and got a lot of attention was a, a drug called fentanyl. Oh, yeah. Is, well, that's, all, that's is, been in the news. Yeah. For... Yeah. I mean, you can't open a newspaper today without seeing uh, something about it. And it really did start on the West Coast and sort of unfortunately sort of migrated uh, eastward. Okay. Uh, so just clarify for me, are we talking that this, this drug, is it as a, some kind of antidote for an overdose or is it to stop an addiction? Because the, the rates of addiction for people to these opioid drugs yeah. is just skyrocketing. Yeah. So not addiction. It has nothing to do with addiction. It's all about, uh, you know, in an emergency situation, you know, where somebody's had an overdose. And sometimes, you know, it's really tough to tell whether somebody's had a drug overdose. And you may not even know that, you know, a friend, a family member, or someone you know is on is on drugs, um, but that's what it's there for. It's for the 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 like I said, the emergency use to actually really save somebody's life. Okay, well, if it's there for an emergency, um, what do consumers have to know about it? Or to- well, so you know, the good news is. It, it's a lot more available now than it ever has been because of its availability. You know, you could call it almost over the counter. It's more behind the counter, I guess, is the best way to to describe it in a pharmacy. So, you know, a lot of times we're seeing it in, in things like uh, uh, methadone clinics or or group home settings and stuff where you've got, you know, uh, troubled adults, troubled teens and stuff that may have a, a, an addiction issue. Uh, that's the most likely candidate that something would go wrong and they perhaps could uh, overdose on on morphine-like drugs. Um, so now the availability of, of naloxone, the, that emergency uh, uh, product, is, is pretty readily available because you really just have to go to the uh, pharmacy now, talk to your pharmacist about it, and he or she will talk to you sort of 
about all the emergency steps that's required to you know really save somebody's life. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So again, um, who should be uh, taking an interest in this? Is people who are on opioids? Uh, well, you know, I think I think it's a pretty it's a pretty broad question. So you know, I, I mentioned things like group home settings or or halfway houses and places like that where you might have somebody managing uh, you know a facility or or working in direct contact with with a lot of people that might reside there but that being said you know uh it could be one of your kids it could be um you know somebody you you work with i mean it could almost be anybody so you know, really, right now, there's a real lack of awareness out there about what it is. It's a bit scary because it does treat a uh, uh, an overdose of opioid-type drugs. So, really, it's it's really right now all about awareness and getting the message out there that that's uh, readily available from a pharmacy. And you know, like I said, it could be it could be almost any anyone. And I I kind of expect that the way it might go is almost like the drug EpiPen. And EpiPen, we know it's if you know if you're allergic to a bee sting or a peanut peanuts or you know seafood or all those common ones you know to stop it in its tracks you use an EpiPen uh, injector to kind of save somebody's life so I expect that what's going to happen you know as this becomes more commonplace you'll start to see it you know in in a medical bag in a first aid kit that sort of thing in in different in different facilities so wow um what's the uh timeline so if if somebody is having an overdose how long do you have before you have to uh, give them this drug well you don't i mean you don't have a long time i mean that's the thing you know it's it's a it's a very very much an emergency drug it acts fast and it doesn't last very long so um you know if you uh if you're in a situation where somebody uh is in an overdose situation or even in a uh you know, you highly suspect that they've overdosed on on morphine or opioid type drugs. The administration of it is is important to get get it to them very quickly. So as quick, the quicker the better. Uh, but you know, you've got a window of probably you know uh, you know depending on what kind of medication was overdosed on, probably anywhere from zero to you know thirty minutes uh, to get it into them. Well, that that's not really time to go to the pharmacy. No, so I mean that's that's the thing. I mean, you know, the uh, going to a pharmacy, grabbing it and coming back is not the solution. You know, having it somewhere more readily available, like in a first aid kit or you know, in a in a facility that might have certain suspect type of individuals there, is really the answer to this. I mean, uh, you know, I know lots of people who unfortunately have family members with problems that mm-hmm. they're trying to cope with. I mean, is that what you're thinking? That yeah, well, you know, uh, especially uh, you know if it gets very severe, but you have to be cautious as well because this isn't for every drug. You know, this isn't a solution for every single type of drug. So on the show before, we've talked about you know sleeping aids and drugs for depression and antipsychotics and all those drugs which always have the potential for abuse as well. It's not for that. You know, um, so um, that's a key message. It's really only for one class of drugs, and that's the ones that, uh, you know, sort of act like morphine. And that's why this fentanyl crisis that's happened across the country has been so, um, uh, you know, so damaging. But uh, here's, a, here's a way that, uh, you know, the general public or friends and family, uh, guardians and that sort of thing can help. 
Okay. Um, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk more about this drug naloxone, but also uh, Dean is here to take your calls and questions about any uh, drugs that you may be on, uh, if you're worried about interactions or if you're not sure about something. Uh, he's right here to take all of your questions. Before we go, the numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-744-740, and we'll be back after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I am here with Dean Miller, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. We've been talking about naloxone, which is a kind of antidote for people who overdose on opioids. We're talking about this in the context of a complete crisis in the abuse of a drug called fentanyl. And we know about a lot of people who perhaps start taking opioids, painkillers for the best of reasons and end up getting addicted to it. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about people who have problems, but the fact is that a lot of Zoomers are taking a lot of opioids and, um, you know, drugs work differently in someone who is older, uh, our, our our guest, uh, Andre Picard, who was just here to talk about the flu, I mean, he left saying he thinks everyone with a prescription uh, for opioids needs to get some naloxone kind of just in case. Well, you know what? I, I tend to agree with, uh, with Andre. And I think, you know, one of the points around this is that it's not a problem just for young people or younger people that uh, abuse medications because the majority of opioid type drugs are used for people that have, you know, chronic conditions, terrible arthritis, cancer, those type of things where where people uh, you know, take very high strength pain relievers. And, you know, it's always a, a progression. You know, you start low, but you build up to things that are actually very, very strong as the pain increases. And unfortunately fentanyl is the one that's got all the all the attention and it comes in a patch. Um, and, you know, it's uh but, you know, people have found ways to take that patch and abuse it and, and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, that's really highlighted uh, the problem. But there's, you know, Libby, there's probably 20 drugs of the, that kind. Oxycontin, oxycodone. Oxycodone, oxycoset, uh, morphine, codeine, Demerol, uh, all of those things that, you know, you might see a common prescription or a lot of us have used it for, you know, we've had an operation or something's gone yeah. wrong. So, you know, um, you know, the, the people use it, they use it for a little while and then it ends up in their, in their medicine cabinet. So, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, very potent, dangerous drugs sitting there for almost anybody to grab as well. So Okay, so uh, listeners, we'd like to hear from you uh, if you're taking or have taken opioids or if you're worried about someone who's taking opioids, again, could be for the best of reasons. If you've had an experience that maybe, you know, that, that made you addicted to these highly addictive drugs, the numbers are 416-360-0740, toll-free one 866 644-740, and I'm here with our trusted contributor, Dean Miller. Uh, so we were just talking about it. We know a lot of Zoomers take these drugs. 
Um, when people die of a drug overdose, uh, explain what actually kills them and, and why are Zoomers at risk? Yeah, so, you know, as a... You know, as someone ages, I mean, their their respiratory function becomes a little depressed anyways. <clears throat> That's the most common reason. So, you know, people, <clears throat> excuse me, people don't die because of the drug itself and its effect so much on different functions. But the one that really gets impacted is their, their respiratory function. So how they breathe and whatnot. So, you know, it's a really good rule of thumb. So if you've suspected somebody's you know, had an overdose of medication, that's usually the first thing you check is is how, how their breathing is. So if it's really shallow or almost non-existent, um, it's a good sign that if you suspect something, that it may be that they've taken too much of their medication or they've overdosed on it. Um, so, so there is steps. I mean, as they, as you use this drug, naloxone, I mean, it in itself is, it really is a miracle kind of thing, the way it actually works and it can prevent opioid addictions, but it's not the only solution. I mean, you have to, they, you should use some CPR on the, on, on, on the person as it well. It can prevent addictions or it can prevent death? It can prevent death. So, so, you know, a person at a certain stage, you know, gets to the point where, you know, within the next 15, 20 minutes, they might be, they might be dead from a drug overdose. So, so, wow. yeah. And, and, you know, it, there, there is a protocol that with each purchase from a pharmacy that, you know, you, you need to know. And, and I can't stress enough. This doesn't mean you don't have to call 911. You still have to call 911. This drug only lasts for about 30, 45 minutes. So, you know, if you're, you know, out in the country or something where it's going to take a while to get to the hospital, you're probably going to either have to give a second dose if you even have one, or you better get that person loaded into an ambulance pretty quick and get them off to the hospital. So, so as you can see, it's, it's a very fast-acting thing, can save a person's life, but the timing is incredibly important because if you don't get it done fast enough, you know, it really will be sort of all for naught. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, again, uh, tell me about, you know, can there be situations where someone, uh, an older person is on opioids and it's fine, but suddenly it's too much? Because again, drugs work differently when a person's <clears throat> older. Well, and, and, you know, if you're over 65, I mean, you're certainly a lot more uh, sensitive to these these type of medications, and often you use a lot less than would be somebody with a really high metabolism, like a like a younger person. So the likelihood, although it's it doesn't happen as much. I mean, people don't tend to abuse as much drugs uh, for recreational reasons when they're older, but they could do it accidentally, and that happens as well. So you have to be very very cautious about it. So so as we mentioned earlier on. The availability and getting yourself familiar with this drug and, and where to get it and when I can get it and should I keep it in my, in my home somewhere, um, it's very, very, you know, it's a very, very critical uh, point and that's the messaging we're trying to get across today. Okay, let's go to the phones. We've got uh, Heather in Oshawa. Hi, Heather. Hi. I just wanted to pass along. I went to the hospital. I was sent by my doctor and he... Sorry? He had, my doctor had sent me, and the doctor I seen sent me home later that day with a hundred, a prescription for a hundred oxycodone. I took one, and I was so out of it, I felt awful. I thought, this is way too powerful. And I thought, no wonder people get addicted. And so I never took another one. But I thought, doctors shouldn't just give out so many. 
That's 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 a lot. Um, was that after a surgery or something? No, it was just because I went to my doctor with pain, and he sent me to the hospital thinking it was something else. And by the time I got checked out by a doctor I didn't know, he sent me home with this prescription for a hundred oxycodone, and I thought, oh. Well, this and is you it know was this way too powerful. I think Tylenol three or something. Oh, yeah. Or even you, just maybe ten or twenty of those things. But do you not, remember? Do you remember the dose? Uh, I have it somewhere. But okay, it one never or mind. Two per day. I don't know. Yeah, but what? just one just sent me. All I could do was just I just took took me right out. Yeah, what you're describing is is unfortunately what sort of contributed to the problem. You know, over prescribing of these medications, and you know the uh, you know. You know, physicians and other prescribers have almost got to the point where, you know, nobody should have any pain at any at any time. And because of that, we've seen those quantities get bigger and bigger and bigger. I, I certainly know in my pharmacy career that, you know, where you used to com- in commonplace situations get 10 or 15 or 20 tablets, you know, now, as you describe it, it's 100. And, and you know, we're talking about medications that can actually, uh, you know, not only help you and relieve pain but in certain situations like what you describe you know make it almost that you're you're not even functional on a day-to-day basis and that's uh that's pretty scary if if you've never uh, just hear so many people being addicted and it really bothered me and even now like yeah why would a doctor give that Uh, many to yeah and it wasn't on repeats in case you needed them it was all at once all at once i still have 99 left in the bottle yeah and you know i just you know that might be a good opportunity to make a couple of points from a pharmacy perspective is that you know if if you feel that that uh, you know the medication that you've prescribed is too much i mean just ask your pharmacist and you know that we we don't need to give you 100 we can give you you know a partial fill of less than that uh, and then you can always come back and and, and get the rest at a at a different time if I you feel you need it by what the doctor had put on there yeah and yeah. yeah probably yeah. most people don't even look yeah. Yeah. um the, if if um heather took one and noticed that it was too strong right does she have to go back to the doctor to get a smaller dose, or could the pharmacist do well, something that, because, about that? Because uh, because it's an, a narcotic, uh, there's actually um, a written a written prescription is needed and to actually initiate a, a change. So you know, we've talked about the ability of pharmacists to change prescriptions in the past. This is one that they can't because of it, the fact that it's a narcotic. However. The pharmacist can make those arrangements for you. Uh, if you've got a trusted pharmacist that you know, you know, take it back. That should probably be your first stop because, you know, trying to get into a doctor uh, might yeah. be a little bit more challenging. So go back to your pharmacy. And, you know, the other point that I think I'd like to make here is you've got 99 left, Heather. Like, yeah. you know, um, that's that's a Don't leave medication. them in the house. <laughs> yeah, you know, we have, uh, you know, most pharmacies across this province have uh, proper disposal of those medications oh, as well. I do take my old leftover ones. Yeah. I haven't taken those back yet. Yeah, so it's always a good rule of thumb to, you know, don't keep them around for too long. And especially if you're not using them, take them back. Yeah, it just bothered me how a doctor would give you that many from just, you know, it's not a recurring pain. It was just a one-time thing. And okay. Well, yeah. Well, good for you to flag it. Thanks for your call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, again, um, we're taking your calls. The number is 416-360-0740. Toll-free, 1-866-744-740. We're talking about opioids. We're talking about a new uh, drug that is an antidote 
uh, to opioids if yeah. someone is overdosing on them. I'm here with Dean Miller, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Uh, so if you have a prescription for opioids, you know, and if, if it's a big first with any drug, you know, and instead of uh, filling the whole thing, like you might start with a small amount and see how you react to it and see if it, if it works, if it makes you feel okay, any of those things, uh, you know, if nothing else, like you don't want to waste medicine, you don't want to waste money. Well, yeah. And as a patient, you know, you have the right to, you know, say, I don't want that many. You know, I don't want 100. I don't want 50. I only want 10. Because, you know, maybe you know yourself that you're a little bit sensitive to these medications and or your pharmacist will know that, you know, with the last time you had something and maybe it wasn't as strong, you know, it didn't sit right with you. So, I mean, it's it's really up to you as a patient because a lot of doctors won't know, especially if you go to an acute care clinic or, a, you know, an after hours clinic where, you know, you, the doctor may not really know your history. Yeah, you know, it's important for you to kind of take take control of that. So. And and our last caller mentioned that she was in the hospital. So uh, a lot of times you're in the hospital, and whoever sees you there will give you a prescription, but it's not your doctor, right? Uh, and it'd be very hard to get hold of them, yeah. you know, for something like changing a prescription. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, in those situations, like I said, it could be an acute care clinic, an after-hours clinic, an emergency room. You know, all those scenarios, that's not your, that's not your family doctor, so they don't know you very well. Okay, uh, let's take a call from Victor in Toronto. Hi, Victor. Hey, how you doing? Uh, listen, uh, I was just wondering, that last caller, she said she had 99 pills or whatever. If she had to take them back and, and if she wasn't on drug benefit and she had to pay cash or whatever... Would they get a refund for that, or or I don't know how how, how would that work? Yeah, unfortunately, Victor, like uh, you know, with uh, with medications, um, there's a no return policy, and that's that's the law. Uh, once you've got that, and that's another good reason to request a smaller quantity if you're unsure, because oh, okay. you know you don't want to be stuck with a hundred of them, and and you know, I mean, oxycosad and oxycodone, I mean, it's not very expensive. However, right. that's not the point. The point is, is, is that, uh, you know, it's a dangerous drug. And, and if you have it sitting around in your medicine cabinet, that's not good either. So, yeah, once, oh, so for sure. Yeah. Once you I take... Put, I put it in the safe. <laughs> well, you're, you're right. Because, uh, you know, if it gets, especially if it was ever, you know, a child or, or, or something that oh, sort Lord. of got a hold of it. I mean, it, it, you know, these medications are strong enough that they could, uh, could easily kill somebody. So Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, I just wanted to find out. Okay. Okay. Okay, thanks for your call. All right, thank you. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Uh, yeah, and again, you know, um, that seems very strange, a prescription for 100. It's, yeah. uh, well, and you know what, Libby, that's, I think, the reason why drugs like naloxone exist. Because, um, you know, in those situations where you have 100 sitting around and, you know, somebody takes it, you know, and, and they don't really know what they're taking and that sort of thing. So so you've, you know, this, this drug, like I said, naloxone, it's an injectable. Uh, it's a bit scary to administer, but it can certainly save Where a life. Where do you inject it? It's, uh, you know, uh, a large muscle. So, I mean, you can do your thigh. You can do, you know, your, your arm, your butt. Uh, you know, any of those areas where you've got a nice big, uh, you know, fatty tissue. It's an intramuscular injection, so it sort of goes right in. It's not, you don't have to hit a vein or something. You just have to kind of push it in. So. Okay. Uh, we have time for one more call. We've got Barb in Toronto. Hi, Barb. Hi, how are you? Fine. 
good. I wanted to say I had major surgery uh, about four years ago, and the doctor said they were going to prescribe Oxy. And I said, I don't want Oxy. And she said, why? And I said, because I know it can be addictive. And it was a pretty painful surgery. She said, what about Tylenol 3? And I said, that's fine. And that's what they gave me. I don't even think I took three Tylenol 3. So the Oxy was certainly would have been overkill. And when my sister broke her neck about 10, 15 years ago, they prescribed Oxy for her. And I said, you only take it when you absolutely have to. Don't be a hero. But only take a half a pill. And as soon as you can get by on Tylenol, you take the Oxy back to the pharmacy. Well, that's, that's exactly what she did. Thanks and for I, sharing yeah, that. I can't give any better advice than that. That's the smartest advice we've heard. Yep. Um, just be careful. Yeah. Be careful sure. with that stuff. But also, you know, with, with another thing about pain medication to say is that you don't want to get yourself to the point where you're in a lot of pain. You want to kind of control it at kind of a, a, a level. And, and that yeah. way you'll end up needing less, too. Well, and you know what, Libby? It doesn't take very long. You know, so I mean, if you're, you know, you know, if you if you have to be on some of these medications of that strength for, you know, and I, I'm putting a disclaimer on this because you know, if you've got cancer and stuff, you know, especially with conditions like that, you may have to. But for just acute pain, you know, you've injured yourself or something, you know, usually if you have to be on it for more than a week, it's good to talk to your pharmacist about your concern that, hey, am I taking this for too long? I mean, we we handle questions like that every day. Okay, and that is good advice, too, from our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, Dean Miller. And that's all the time we have for Fight Back for today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.